The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us again for another Winning Pony show. I'm sure it will be a good one. I've got some good people uh, lined up to uh, join us. Of course, it's a great time of the year with on the West Coast, Delmar, and the East Coast, Saratoga, and all the other tracks in between having their uh, their big summer stakes races. Um, first out of the gate, uh, hope to get a hold of Nancy LaSalle. Uh, she served as the board president of the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund, now known as the PDJF, uh, since uh, back in 2006. Uh, she has a business background, 30 years as a global leader in power generation. Uh, she's out of Chicago, and she resides there with her husband, Jerry LaSala, who's a retired jockey. And uh, this is a very big week for the PDJF because this is going to be the PDJF Day Across America, kind of picking up for something that was started, oh, 20 years ago uh, with the Don Macbeth uh, group. And so now the PDJF has kind of adopted it as a nationwide effort uh, to bring awareness and hopefully make some money for their folks. That's why they moved the date back so they would have both Delmar and Saratoga up and running. And uh, I'll wait and break some news out of uh, New York a little bit later in the show. And then uh, our favorite handicapper, one of them, I shouldn't say favorite because they're all so good, uh, Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum. He's the handicapping editor, so we go right to the top for our Winning Ponies uh, listeners. Um, you know, he's been with them since 1998. He's out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, he's got his uh, finger on the pulse of Saratoga. So we're going to do at least two from up there. Of course, uh, I think the race that I get the most headlines out of there will be the Jim Dandy uh, Looks like it's pitting Tonalist, the Belmont winner, against uh, Wicked Strong, who won the Wood Memorial, and it was only beaten in the Belmont by a length and three quarters. So that's an interesting rematch there. Uh, then um, prior to that race on the card would be the Grade Two Amsterdam, uh, which is uh, for uh, three-year-old Colts sprinting, going six and a half. And then of course you don't want to leave the West Coast out, going out to Delmar. For the Grade Two San Diego handicap, carries a purse of two hundred thousand dollars, and uh, sad to say, uh, looks like today we lost the favorite in that race. I'll cover that in just a few minutes. So, uh, Dan Illman and Nancy Lasala are booked as our guests this week. I hope you've been. Uh, uh, tuning in to Winning Ponies and pulling down your uh, easy win fig forms because they had some pretty good hits over the week. Uh, on Monday at Mountaineer, 
there was uh, a, a huge uh, hit, uh, the uh, $1 Super for $2,321. Uh, the pick five for three thousand eight hundred sixty-two, and then uh, at, up at Saratoga, they kicked it off Friday with a one-dollar super that paid one thousand six hundred forty-two dollars, and on Saturday one thousand eight hundred and sixty-three, another dollar super. So make sure you get over to the Winning Pony site and get those easy win forms down. Well, uh, I kind of. Broken a little bit. This has happened today on the West Coast. It looks like uh, Dance with Fate, a horse uh, who really Im- impressed me uh, in the bluegrass stakes. He just blew him away. Um, has uh, a fatal injury happened this morning. It was one of those freak things. I believe he's out on the track about 5.30 in the morning. And they say there was some kind of equipment failure perhaps with his halter, because he bolted and he crashed into the fence while he was on the track at the Del Mar. He was prepping for the San Diego Handicap uh, that we will be uh, highlighting later in the show. Uh, they brought him back. They did get him back to his stall, and the, the doctors brought him in. It looks like he crashed into the fence. He fell hard. Uh, he lost uh, exercise rider Joe Durant. We're waiting to hear back about his injuries. Uh, he was removed by ambulance. Uh, but they were unable to, uh, to to save him. Of course, Dance with Eight, uh, trained by Peter Yurton, probably the best horse he'd ever had, uh, and made nine lifetime starts, three wins, won $680,000. A son of two-step salsa came out and broke his maiden at Del Mar. He's a horse that seems to like the synthetics. He just put in a bullet work last weekend at Del Mar, five furlongs and 58 and two. So this is a horse that was on his toes, and it just shows you that anything can happen out there in the morning. It's something as freak as, as, as a, a halter snapping, and all the more reason why we need to get behind uh, activities uh, such as the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund Day Across America. Uh, it, it can be so dangerous out there. And just so bad that we lost this uh, three-year-old colt. Um, he uh, did run in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year after finishing second in the front runner. Uh, his race in the bluegrass, he just came from so far out of it. I was there that day, and I was like, who is this? And, um, and he got up. And uh, it's just uh, sad to say that this Triple Crown nominee uh, won't be with us. So um, I'm guessing perhaps uh, Frack Daddy may inherit uh, the, uh, the favoritism role right there. So it's just one of those tragic things that can happen. And also uh, something that um, isn't as tragic, but it's certainly going to hurt the sport and hurt even more Gary Stevens. Uh, he thought he'd... He knew his knee was bad, but he didn't know it was this bad. It looks like his right knee will require a complete replacement. Uh, and so there's question marks of whether or not uh, he will come back. I guess they said a magnetic uh, resonance imaging test showed that his ACL is completely torn, and they were hoping that he could just get a partial uh, knee replacement and, and be able to come back. Of course, you know, Gary's uh, story uh, was one of the best comeback stories in racing in recent times, and we wish him nothing the best. He's he's still 51. Uh, he says that the possibility still exists uh, that he won't be able to come back, 
Uh, it's been a great run, but he's going to bust his butt to try to come back and see if he can't uh, do it again because he was doing so well. I mean, he's ri- he's ridden, just was closing in on 5,000 winners, 4,988 winners. So, uh, you know, his comeback victories with the Breeders' Cup Classic with Mucho Macho Man. Um, you know, he won the Breeders' Cup Distaff on Beholder. And I think that the race that really said, I'm back, was the Preakness Stakes on Oxbow. So uh, all of us uh, wishing uh, Gary nothing but the best for a speedy recovery. Well, it looks like uh, Untappable has made the jump, and she is favored in the Haskell against the boys. Uh, as you know, that she's been beaten up on the girls pretty good. Uh, she won the, the Mother Goose Invitational at Belmont by nine and a quarter lengths after stumbling at the start. So she's going to try to uh, stamp herself as one of those fillies, three-year-old fillies, that can beat the boys. And, you know, a victory there is a win and you're in, and uh, that would make her eligible to the Breeders' Cup Classic at Santa Anita Park. So right now she's the two-to-one favorite uh, on the morning line from post seven, of course. Rosie Napravnik, who's back and looking good and winning races, uh, will be aboard her uh, as she was in the Kentucky Oaks, of course. Uh, Rosie uh, coming back from injury, and uh, she's looking awful good. So uh, Asmussen's pretty confident. He thought it was an excellent draw uh, considering the field, and we'll be talking uh, more about the uh, – this this race coming up, the Haskell, it's uh, probably one of the highlights. There's a lot of uh, interesting twists there because you've got Bayern, uh, who just blew away his competition in the seven furlong Woody Stevens, uh, you know, in a very, very fast time. I believe he's the second choice at around five to two. Uh, Martin Garcia will be back in the saddle. So it'll be interesting to see how she matches up against such a speedy boy. And then you got Metal Count, who's a very sharp third in the Belmont Stakes. And uh, Dale Romans uh, placed him earlier on the Triple Crown Trail. He won the Transylvania over the Poly Track at Keeneland. And I tell you what, I've seen this horse uh, physically, and uh, he is one good-looking beast. So uh, we'll take a closer look at the Haskell uh, when uh, we get Dan Illman on the show. Um, it's, it's interesting that uh, no Haskell winner has won the Travers, but six Jim Dandy winners have made the first half of that double swing uh, going from the, the Jim Dandy to the Travels. Uh, Magdalia Dioro in 2002, Flower Alley 2005, Bernardini 2006, Street Sense 2007, Stay Thirsty 2011, and Alpha in 2012. Of course, uh, last year the Travers winner will take charge. He was second in the Jim Dandy. So uh, certainly between the two races, it looks like the Jim Dandy is is a little bit stronger than the Haskell as far as uh, – the two races match up, but either way, they're going to be two that we're going to be keeping a very, very close eye on uh, this weekend. Um, let's take a look at uh, some of the race results from last week while we're trying to get a hold of Nancy LaSalle. And, of course, uh, we took a look at uh, the Diana Grade 1 at Saratoga. Half a million dollars on the line, and... Somali Lemonade, a horse that's won over 648000 going into the race, 
came home the winner. And it's hard to believe she can make that much money. And this was her first grade one win. Uh, she went off at 11 to 1, uh, favored uh, in, in here. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry about that. Got a little something in, in my throat. Um, was uh, Alterete at 5 to 2, coming in off the layoff for Chad Brown. Uh, the race was kind of an interesting one where Somali Lemonade was expected to go to the lead, and she did not. Instead, she let the other two horses go on, and, and as uh, Tom Durkin said, drafted in well behind them. So uh, Somali Lemonade and Luis Saez just kind of waited very patiently in third and then made their move just in, within the final 16th, and it ended up being a three-horse photo. Somali Lemonade got the win over Stephanie's Kitten, who was absolutely flying in there. And uh, in, in the third spot was Discreet Mark, who was sent away at 8-1. to one. It was interesting. Both um, uh, Tannery, uh, who Tom Law liked, and, and Emollient, who I kind of liked, uh, were very fractious throughout the running of the race, kind of throwing their heads. Uh, they weren't settling in. Uh, not sure what the reason was. The conditions of the race were, were very good. Uh, but either way, you might want to throw out Emollient and Tannery's race uh, in, in the Diana. So with that said, let's go to another race up at Saratoga, the Sanford. And this is a race that's <laughs> launched many a good two-year-old, uh, the ones we referred to as a regret back in 1914, uh, Tom Fool, Hell to Reason, Exclusive Native, and how about these names? Secretariat and Affirmed uh, were both winners of the Sanford Stakes. So this year, who got the top spot? At 11-1, to 1, it was Big Trouble. Big Trouble had a big n- nose with a close. Uh, it was only a second lifetime start. It broke his maiden back in June, paid twenty-five sixty. In the second spot, another 11-to-1 shot, Mr. Z, who, uh, who looked like he didn't want to race. He was having trouble loading and uh, finally did load and came up and got second in the grade three Sanford stakes. So uh, the, uh, the, it was upset time in here. Uh, finishing third was Cinco Charlie. Um, and there was a little bit of an inquiry into the running of this race, but they, they let it stand. So it was big trouble. Mr. Z and Cinco Charlie, uh, again, uh, fast early fractions. Uh, there were four horses across at the 16th pole. A very, very exciting race, the Sanford. Uh, then we went out to uh, Del Mar, and uh, the first race uh, we uh, looked at was the Oceanside. Now, kicking off the meet, this is the, the 68th running, and the winner was enterprising. Now, Gary Stevens had been riding this race. Tom Proctor elected to use Mike Smith, and with a huge rally, 
enterprising, a three-year-old son of exclusive quality came flying from out of it and got up at the wire over Argyle Cut. Uh, finishing third was home school, the Irish bread that always showed a lot of speed for uh, for Doug O'Neill and uh, just uh, faded in the lane. But nonetheless, if you get a chance to go back and look at this one, Mike Smith's ride on Enterprising was absolutely scintillating. Uh, then we uh, we went to Del Mar. We talked about the horses coming into the San Clemente Handicap. It was a grade two, $200,000 on the line. And uh, it was uh, a 10-to-1 shot going wire to wire, something that uh, this filly's been doing a lot. Iston Ford, uh, trained by Michael Stidham, she absolutely stole the Arlington Classic earlier in May by setting slow fractions, got 49-1, and and ended up winning the Arlington Classic at 5-1, to came back in the regret at Churchill Downs, and uh, had a much quicker pace and ended up fading to, to seventh, but got the job done in the San Clemente handicap over... Tempen, Stuart Elliott riding Tempen at 18 to 1. Of course, Stuart decided to go from the Pennsylvania area and settling in in Kentucky. He says he's going to use that as uh, his base. Uh, but now we find him out on the West Coast. Uh, he had not been riding his horse, though the horse had basically been based uh, at Churchill Downs. So whether or not he just went out for that ride or not. Uh, but he, he chased his horse in the lane but didn't quite get the job done. And then uh, my pick in here, my conquistadori, ended up finishing third. Of course, breaking from the 12-hole uh, certainly couldn't have helped very much at all. So uh, that was the result of the San Clemente handicap. All right, that was a look at last week. In a little while, we'll be looking at next week with Dan Illman at the bottom of the hour. And until then, we're going to be talking about the PDJF with Nancy LaSala. You are listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and my producers, uh, we got a little technical difficulty getting hold of uh, Nancy LaSala. We will get to some PDJF information, uh, certainly before the bottom of the hour when we bring on Dan Illman. Until then, there was still plenty going on in the world of racing. Uh, Delmar has an interesting thing. It's called the, the paddock sale, and you buy ready-to-made racehorses right there. Uh, and the top one was Air Kitty. Uh, she brought $750,000. She's a grade one winner. She may continue racing in the U.S., but she's ultimately destined to Japan and the life of a broodmare. Uh, she uh, won the 2013 La Brea Stakes. That was her grade one win and has earned up of $421,000, and the people that bought her thought she got a deal. So uh, they, they have this race uh, right there. It's the third year that the Barrett Sales and Racing and the Del Mar Thoroughbred Club uh, partnered up and conducted this sale, uh, trying to bring horses into the Southern California racing circuit. And uh, with the, the sale averaged 113,019 horses, grossing $2.1 million. Uh, so uh, very interesting, and from uh, from what I understand, it uh, won't be the last one on on the West Coast. Uh, there's going to be another sale, a similar sale, later in the season in the fall. Well, a woman I've had a chance to to meet, and I know she's a hardworking girl. Jake, jockey Jane McGrell won her 1,000th race last week up at Thistledown. She's 50 years old. She lives in Atwater, Ohio. She's been a jockey for 28 years, so you know that she earned that 1,000 mark uh, the, the hard way. I know she's had some tough times. Uh, she's uh, had uh, injuries, that including broken rib, broken legs, uh, but, but she got it done. Her horses have won over $8.2 million, so Jane, congratulations on getting to that point in your career. Um, well, if, uh, if and when we get Nancy on, she's going to have some late-breaking news. At least I've got some. The New York horsemen uh, have committed money to the jockey fund, and the way that's going to work is every horse that breaks from the starting gate at a Naira track will generate a $1 donation to the PDJF. Now, this was uh, just announced today. So uh, $1 every time the gates open, so you know that the PDJF will be uh, wanting to uh, have plenty of full fields. Uh, according to Rick Violet Jr. that we've had on the show before here at Winning Ponies, he said, we want to do our part to ensure that the permanently disabled jockeys have the assistance they need. The coverage provided by workers' comp and the revenue raised by the benefit only goes so far. Donations made through Per Start programs will create a steady stream of funding earmarked for the people who really need it. And uh, 
Jackie Johnny V, who's huge in the PDJF, uh, says that uh, they really have to raise almost a million dollars every year to support the jockeys who have been permanently disabled and are no longer able to work, can't support their families or themselves, and that's a very tough task. And so they're certainly happy that uh, uh, this this has happened, and they thank very much the, the horsemen of, of Naira. All right, now from Naira to NTRA, let's take a look at the top thoroughbred poll. At the top right now is Palace Malice. Uh, we'll see where he's going to show up later in the season. Now, behind him is a horse that's getting ready to make a comeback in Wise Dan. Third, another horse that's waiting to make a little bit of a comeback. Uh, coming back from his hoof injury in the Belmont Stakes is California Chrome. And then we've got uh, Untappable, Close Hatches, Game on Dude, Share Belief, Leah tonalist and will take charge any of those horses i just named could make a huge jump (laughs) with a a win over the weekend well again over the weekend one of the biggest things we're going to be talking about is the haskell invitational and they did go ahead and they they now that race is going to be on sunday i want to remind you they they did uh, draw for it, and uh, we'll, I'll just give you the field from the inside out. Uh, we've got uh, Encryption, long shot at, at 20 to 1. Then you got Bayern, the mystery horse, the speedball that just absolutely loved the East Coast Belmont Strip and tore him up. Martin Garcia, again, replacing Gary Stevens. That's a Bob Baffert trainee, been installed as second choice at 5-2. to two. Uh, Then we've got Albano, who just won the grade 3 Pegasus Stakes uh, at Monmouth Park. I wish you well, who won the Long Branch at Monmouth. So a couple uh, hometown horses there, including Just Call Kenny, who ran right behind of I wish you well. Um, in the Long Branch, encryption, of course, coming out of the race, too. Then another kind of mystery horse. We're always wondering, when is this horse going to have his breakout day after his first two huge races? Social Inclusion, a horse rumored that could have been sold for anywhere between 6 to $8 million prior to the Triple Crown. Uh, he was third in the Woody Stevens behind Bayern. And then we've got the big girl, uh, this year's three-year-old untappable who seems untouchable, Rosie Napravnik back in the saddle. Johnny V rode her in the grade one Mother Goose. Again, got bothered at the start, pulled away, and won by nine and a quarter. Then we got Wildcat Red, who's coming out of a Gulfstream Park win. just a huge effort, one by ten and a quarter. Metal count, again, a really handsome horse out of the Dale Romans barn, was third in the Belmont Stakes. So uh, when Dan Illman comes on, we're going to get a chance to talk a little bit about the Haskell Invitational, very interesting race. Well, it looks like uh, Nancy is not going to be able to be with us, but I just want to remind everybody that this is the what they're calling the first annual PDJF Awareness Day. It's going to be July 26th at... Uh, tracks across the country, a day of awareness building and fundraising with the theme, Taking the Reins, and it will become an annual event. As you recall, uh, this all kind of started with Don Macbeth, um, and so this this is kind of picking up the reins, shall we say, for a fundraiser for uh, jockeys that started a long, long time ago. So uh, what you've got to know about the PDJF, a, a few things, is that First of all, it is a 501c charity, so if you make a donation, uh, you can write that donation off. It was created back in 2006 
uh, by different horse racing industry, racetrack management, horsemen's groups, jockeys, and Nancy LaSalle's been heading that up. Right now we know that there's at least 60 jockeys who have sustained catastrophic on-track injuries, most of them who have paralysis or brain injuries that are supported by the PDJF. And since they started back then, they have given away more than $5 million. It doesn't have any guaranteed funding mechanism, which kind of places the fund at risk. So we just hope that whatever track you're at uh, from coast to coast, you get out there, you have some fun, and whether it be a silent auction uh, or just a, a straight uh, a straight donation uh the uh the the PDJF will be extremely grateful uh for for what whatever you can do so uh this is going to kick off uh this year and then it's going to pick up every other year and we just hope that everybody will get behind it so uh I'm looking forward to uh, to supporting that cause. I know we're having a donation given away at the track I work at this week. And uh, so do your best for the PDJF at whatever track you may be at. Uh, that's uh, pretty much the, the wrap-up for this segment. And uh, sorry we couldn't get a hold of Nancy. In the meanwhile, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, we'll be with Dan Illman. You're talking and listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Leave the bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me right now, one of my favorite handicappers, the guys is smooth as some maker's mark over a couple of rocks. Dan Illman, the handicapping editor and host of the Daily Racing Forum News Desk, 
I've been working with them since 1998. Of course, you can still get his books. Uh, Spa Babies, Keeneland Baby columns that are featured on DRF. Uh, one of his uh, really great productions was the uh, DVD Trip Handicapping. That was about six years ago, but certainly the information that, that's in there is uh, still uh, good to know. And quite frankly, always one of my favorite angles is, is trip handicapping. Uh, so uh, with us right now, a guy that I couldn't beat over the weekend in the Breeders' Cup Fantasy Handicapping Challenge is Dan Elman. Dan, how you doing? Doing great, John. Uh, appreciate you having me on as always. Hey, I, I love love having you on. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, this week I kind of threw the gauntlet down and, and I challenged you. Well, what can you tell our, our listeners about uh, DRF's involvement in this, this new handicapping challenge that costs nothing but uh, has a reward at the end? Yeah, head on over to fantasycapping.com, uh, back, fantasycapping.com slash Illman. You can get into my league. Uh, we have uh, several of our handicappers hosting leagues. Mike Watchmaker, of course, the national handicapper. Myself, our newest handicapper, Matt Bernier, and uh, Peter Thomas Fornatel, our uh, contest editor. And we're playing selective ra- races that the Breeders' Cup folks have picked. The Haskell, of course, is going to be this week's race. And last week was that turf race, the Eddie Reed over at Delmar, and it seemed the Chalks ran. Two one. Yep, and uh, what can I say? You know, I mean, people a lot, a lot of times will accuse me of betting the favorites. I say, hey, look, I can bet a twelve to one shot that's not going to hit the board. The two favorites did come in. Uh, I just happened to pick them in in the wrong order, uh, going against you. Now, explain to the people. I mean, if I get in your league. Can I also get in Mike Watchmaker's league or Peter's Absolutely. league? Absolutely. You, you can get in several people's league. Uh, you, there, I believe, there's a $20 bet on each race. You can bet it either to win, to place, to show, or a $10 exact box. Now, I played a $10 exact box with the two favorites. It didn't come back much. As a matter of fact, if you like Tom's Tribute and you put your $20 to win on Tom's Tribute, you beat my $10 exact box. And I think 29 other people did just that. Is that Tom's right? Tribute, and they picked them on top. So uh, sometimes. Sometimes better short price than long face, however. A lot of people went for the, 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 the big bombs or at least tried to, to beat the favorites, and they got nothing. But it's a long contest leading up all the way to the Breeders' Cup. And again, the Haskell is this week. It's not too late to join fantasycapping.com uh, slash Illman. And uh, I'm, th- I'm going to throw the gauntlet down to everybody. Very interesting. Well, I, I, just, I just thought it was, thought it was a lot of fun. And... Um, as I recall, I'm not sure it's just because I'm a DRF Live subscriber, but um, you, you could pull down the PPs right in front of you there when you get into the league. Uh, you certainly can, I believe. So all the information is there, and it's a lot of fun. And if you are interested in getting into handicapping tournaments and contests, this is also uh, another good way to do it. The competition is fun, but uh, mostly you get to learn how to uh, some money management skills, some handicapping skills, and, again, you have a lot of fun with some good people. Absolutely. It's, it's a blast. Well, I'll tell you what else uh, I've really enjoyed in recent times is the fact that a familiar face and writer and friend has come uh, back to surface, and that is none other than Stephen Christ of, of the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, I was able to glean some of his information looking at the, uh, the, the results of the Jim Dandy and the Haskell as to how they re- reflect on the Travers uh, earlier in the show. Uh, it's great to see him back in the saddle. 
Oh, it absolutely is. And, of course, you could check out his blog. He's blogging uh, daily uh, about the races at Saratoga, which really is, is his passion and his love. And we all know he's great at it. And I'm sure there's a pick six with his name on it at Saratoga. So you probably want to follow his blog. He'll be giving out all of his opinions and reactions to the races. It, it, it wouldn't be the first time. Well, oh, not at all. A couple of the races I want to handicap. Uh, just wanted to talk about uh, the, the, the Haskell in general, and it's interesting. And again, this is what I, I, I gleaned uh, from Stephen's column: is that uh, uh, the, the, the Jim Dandy far outshines the Haskell as far as horses that go on uh, to win the Travers. We're talking about uh, Medallia Dioro, Flower Alley, Bernardini, Street Sense, Stay Thirsty, and Alpha. And uh, Will Take Charge, who ran second in uh, the Jim Dandy last year, went on to win the Travers. Uh, So I guess if you're watching the two races and you're looking for a Travers winner, you want to lean a little bit more towards the Saratoga race, of which we'll talk about later. looks like there's two standouts. What's your read on... Uh, the, the, the Philly going against the boys in the Haskell. Uh, is, is there something to prove? Is it uh, that, that they're, they want to go for the purse? Is it right place, right time? They've already proven they can beat the girls. Uh, we're talking with Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. Well, unless something extremely bizarre happens, she's locked up the three-year-old Philly championship, and if she wins the Haskell, she's all of a sudden thrown her name into the mix, perhaps for Horse of the Year. I I think a lot of folks are getting involved in all of this hype, comparing her to Rachel Alexandra, which, of course, is an extremely unfair comparison. Rachel Alexandra, when she was uh, at this point of her career, had already won the Preakness and proven herself against males. Untappable is a very, very good filly. She's also going to face a very deep field in the Haskell of some good Colts, some fast Colts, and she just figures to be overbet, doesn't she, John? Yeah, oh, absolutely, uh, if, if only because people will be betting with their hearts and, and not their head. And if they had a chance to see her performances uh, against the Phillies, let's face it, uh, you know, the last four races were awe-inspiring, and uh, all of them against graded quality. Now, again, She's she's gonna not gonna be facing the girls today, and you, you've got some interesting angles in here. You've got horses that have been prepping at Mammoth that we know love the strip, and, and then you got uh, Bayern, who has appeared freakishly fast in the Woody Stevens. And he's really the key to the race is Bayern for Bob Baffert, who seems to own the Haskell. He ships in here every year, and it's always 1-2, it seems, for any Baffert train runner in the Haskell. Whether Bayern wants to go a mile and an eighth is the question of this race. Martin Garcia is going to put the pedal to the metal, leaving the gate. He's going to put Bayern on the lead. I don't care what social inclusion does, and I don't care what Wildcat Red does. I think if Bayern is, is not on the lead after the first quarter mile, uh, Garcia is going to walk home to Southern California. If he's going to get beat, he's going to get beat using his best asset, and that is his speed. And as we saw in the Woody Stevens, when he uses his speed, he can be very, very dangerous. I think the source is about ready to fulfill the tremendous potential and then the tremendous promise that his connections have always held out for him. I think he's going to go to the front, and he's going to throw down the gauntlet. And I think he's going to be tough to catch in the Haskell. Well, you know, Bob Baffert knows more about horses than, than I'll ever forget. But uh, what's interesting is I don't understand why he's been playing with blinkers with this horse. Because when this horse wears blinkers, he wins. 
Yeah, he's three for three with blinkers. He has won a race without. I think, I wonder if it's something to do with trying to harness his speed. I think that Baffert wanted to run him in, in longer distance races. He couldn't get the points to get to the Derby. The horse had a little bit of a foot problem that, that kept him out of some of the bigger races uh, in the prep season. I think they've tried to harness the speed of Bayern, and that's just not going to happen. He is at his best when he's able to, to freewheel it on the front end. We'll, again, it's all about distance for this horse. From a pedigree standpoint, it looks good. It looks like he can handle this distance. But when you have a colt with blazing early speed, uh, the distance uh, is a concern. That being said, we know that Monmouth can be very speed-friendly, especially along the inside. And again, Baffert owns this race, or so it seems. If it doesn't work out, he'll probably turn back for the King's Bishop. If it does work out, well, then you've got a lot of options, including the Travers. Absolutely. Well, uh, we'll move on to some other races, but until we do, uh, Dan, I know as Stephen Chris said, of the two races, he's probably, if he was forced to watch one of them, he would be watching this race. Um, do, do you feel that untappable is, is a bet against in here? Um, I wouldn't say she's a bet against, but I think that you have to realize that she's facing much tougher horses, not only Bayern, but it's not like Albano is, is any sort of, uh, uh, you know, a tomato can either. He did some very good things in the Pegasus, and metal count is a hard hitter that's going to get perhaps a, a positive pace scenario. I think the pace that Untappable is likely to face in the Haskell is going to be sharper than anything she's faced in her career, and that might be uh, her undoing because she's going to have to chase hot fractions, then she's going to have to overhaul the pace setters, and then she's going to have to hold off the closers. It seems like a tall task for a filly that's going to be a short price. Do I think she's a bet against? Well, if she goes off at 7-5 to five or 8-5, to five, yes, I do. Well, again, that race is going to be Sunday. It's uh, scheduled to go off at uh, 5.44 Eastern time, so it'll be a very interesting one to watch. Well, uh, Dan, what do you say we, uh, we, we take a look at one of these uh, races up at Saratoga uh, before we go to break? So um, I'll, I'll go to the Amsterdam first because I want to spend a little more time on the Jim Dandy after we come out of break. Um, in the Amsterdam, it, it's a grade two going six and a half furlongs, and uh, this uh, Captain Sirius looks pretty serious. Uh, I, I, it looks like uh, they uh, tried to stretch him out in, in the Dwyer, almost got the job done, was only beaten three-quarters of a length by Kid Cruz. Um, uh, you got a little bit of a turn back here, going back to six-and-a-half furlongs. I'm throwing out the fact that horses are New York breds anymore because I don't think it matters. <laughs> New York bred, yeah, California bred, whatever. Uh, I, I don't think it's a knock on the horse. Uh, the, the other horse that I found was looks like he's training eyes out as a, a coup de gras of coming in from the Larry Jones barn. But uh, uh, then you've got the, this mystery horse in here, Rockfall, who's uh, Palace Malice's work partner that's just really kind of blown away the last two times, breaking its maiden with a 103. Uh, am I looking at the top three horses, or who do you like? Oh, those horses are going to be the top three uh, betting choices for sure. And this race kicks off the pick four, and I wouldn't blame anyone that wants to spread a little bit. Rockfall, you mentioned uh, the fact that he's Palace Malice's workmate and that big buyer speed figure from two starts back. And I think you have to use him in the pick four, and you have to use Coup de Gras, who overcame so much traffic trouble to win at Delaware last time out, and is a horse that figures to be running late under Rosie Napravnik. Captain Sirius uh, is also very 
very dangerous. I'm not sure I love him. The turnback should should work to his advantage, and he could be the controlling speed. But if I wanted to throw in a long shot, along with horses like Rockfall and Coup de Gras, maybe the number five tis now for America at a huge price is one you should consider. Uh, this horse won at Saratoga last year, albeit in the mud. And I know the connections have always had high hopes for him. They got a little sidetrack running him in distance races towards the end of his two-year-old campaign. But he got a big buyer speed figure last time out. He's going to have to run back to that race because that last race was faster than anything he's ever run before. It could be an anomaly. But if it's not, then perhaps it is now for America's prime for another good performance. He's going to be a big price. Uh, he's a horse I would fool around with. But I think the two and the four horses you have to use in the pick four, and maybe a little bit of the five, tis now for America, who I'd bet at 10 to 1 or so. All right. Well, we are listening to Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, he's got his finger on the pulse of Saratoga and other tracks. Uh, when we come back from our brief break, uh, we're going to go and uh, take a look at the Jim Dandy. That looks like it could be a Jim Dandy of a matchup. And then uh, we'll uh, take the intercontinental trip all the way out to the West Coast and look at the San Diego Handicap that looks to be a wide-open event. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. And uh, Dan is a guy that's uh, published a DVD on trip handicapping. And I'm sure part of trip handicapping is seeing if there's trends in racing. Of course, Saratoga's only been open up uh, about a week. Uh, Dan, are you seeing anything as far as a bias at the spa this year? Early in the in the first couple of days of the meet, I thought the inside was pretty good uh, from a small sample. But I think it's 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 playing 
uh, it's playing mostly fair, and, and that's really what we uh, what we hope to see. Now, one good rain, and we know how it can be at Saratoga with the humidity. One good rain could change things. I would I would caution handicappers to just keep looking day to day, and 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 watch for trends early in the card. And it doesn't have to be horses that are winning. If you see longer priced horses, for example, that are on the lead and holding on to run inexplicably well for second or third, you might want to take a second chance, uh, a second. Uh, look at horses on the lead later in the card uh, for biases. Now, any any of the babies that uh, have been prepping or are pointing towards races, I know that's one of your specialties. Uh, is there anything you can tell us about any of those horses? Well, there's a two-year-old that's going to debut tomorrow in race number three, and his name is Aldrin. He's trained by Chad Brown, and he just ticks all the boxes. He sold for a million dollars at Keeneland after breezing a furlong in nine and change. He's a half-brother to Tappet, one of the sensational stallions. He's working very, very fast. Uh, and this is a horse who's running in the third race tomorrow, and there are a lot of high hopes on Aldrin, the number eight. And if he runs well, look for Chad's uh, other two-year-old ludicrous Aldrin's workmate to show up later in the meet. Those are two horses that I know Chad's got high hopes for, uh, but this Aldrin supposedly is the buzz horse, the fastest two-year-old in the world. We'll see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> Let's just hope he doesn't turn out to be a green monkey. Oh, boy. Well, I think he fired a winner at Delmar the other day, the green did monkey. Did he really? Oh, not I, I, lost. I missed that. I totally the did. funky monkey. <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye out. You know, I've kind of I've lost thought of that horse to be honest with you and I was wondering, well, who knows? Maybe he will th- throw some runners. We'll find out down the road. Well, uh we're going a mile and an eighth in the Jim Dandy uh which uh looks like it's a Jim Dandy of a of a matchup in my opinion between our Belmont Stakes winner a tonalist and the Wood Memorial winner Wicked Strong who uh, uh ran fourth, though a game one in the Belmont Stakes against Tonalist. Now, here's my question to you, Dan. I, you know, I try to get my PPs as early as I can, and I pulled down these, and Wicked Strong doesn't show in the, in the edition I have that he's wearing blinkers, but I read some copy in DRF today that uh, Jim Jerkins is going to put blinkers on Wicked Strong. Am I correct? He will wear blinkers for the Jim Dandy. Uh, that notation is in the final pass performances. I guess Equibase added it a little bit late, but he will wear blinkers. And, John, that's really the key to the race, whether Wicked Strong, who's a little bit goofy, uh, a lot of talent, but a little bit goofy, maybe the blinkers give him the focus he needs. Because if you watch the Belmont, while he didn't exactly have traffic trouble, you watch Rajiv Mirage on the backstretch, and he's scrubbing on Wicked Strong, and it's like the colt is running in spots, and it has to be very frustrating for the jockey. And then all of a sudden, you tip him out, and he feels like running, and he is able to dead heat with California Chrome for fourth. If the blinkers sharpen him up and keep him focused, he might be able to make tonalist run a little bit. But those two, by far, are the form horses in the Jim Dandy. Well, what was also pointed out in DRF was the fact that while this looks like a positive move, it's not one that Jerkins is known for, that he's only won six of 59 first-time blinkers. Yeah, I think he's a bit frustrated because he knows Wicked Strong has potential. And I, I think the races like the Remsen, where, where this is a horse that was weaving in the stretch, and that probably cost him at least second money. And, and even in the Derby, when he had some traffic trouble and, and didn't seem to react well to it, 
I, I, perhaps he's grasping at straws a little bit, but I'm going to think that the blinkers might be a positive move for this horse. It has not been a positive move for Jerkins, as you mentioned, throughout his career. But perhaps you just have to look at it from a horse-by-horse standpoint. And this horse just seems like he needs something. So maybe it is the blinkers. And if it doesn't work out, I'm sure the blinkers come off and he shows back up in the Travers without him. Well, the, obviously, in my opinion, the horse he's got to beat is Tonalist. Uh, it looks like uh, Christopher Clement has just handled this this horse beautifully uh, throughout its career. Didn't win its first race. He did put blinkers on. The horse has been three for four ever since. Of course, uh, winning the Peter Pan, a race that often launches good horses into the Belmont. That move worked again. Uh, so now he's got a classic winner there. And the horse seems to like his layoffs. Um, he, he, he comes back very well from a layoff, as proven in his uh, oh, brief five-race career, and it seems like he's got slight pace options that uh, he doesn't have to go to the front, but uh, he can, or he can just lay off it a little bit. Um, if he gave me 20 bucks right now and said, be, pick between Wicked Strong and Tonalist, I'm going to the window for Tonalist. Well, I, I wouldn't blame you. Tonalist uh, was probably the most naturally talented horse in the race. And as you say, he is way more tactical than Wicked Strong. If Cousin Stephen runs in this race, he's also cross-centered in tomorrow's curl in at Saratoga. Uh, if Cousin Stephen runs, he'll go to the lead. And Tonalist will probably park himself right off and get the jump on Wicked Strong turning for home. And perhaps that's all she wrote. He's that good of a horse. My thought is I wonder if Clement's going to use this race as a true prep for the Travers and really have Tonalist 100% cranked up. He had to win the Peter Pan to prove that he belonged in the Belmont. So I believe Christophe had him very much cranked up for the Peter Pan. And of course, in the Belmont, he ran a huge race, giving ground throughout at a mile and a half. But I do wonder if he's going to be a bit short for the Jim Dandy with the Travers as the main goal. That being said, as you say, he is way the horse to beat. At the odds, I might take a little bit more of Wicked Strong uh, over Tonalist, but both Mark must uses in in uh, multi-race wagers like the pick four okay well uh just before we get on to del mar because my producers tell me i only got three minutes left is, is there a sleeper in here i put on the bottom of the try well you know i mean kid cruz is going to be a popular one you're not really a sleeper because he's so sharp how about legend i think legend uh, is a horse with enough tactical speed to get into the mix he's 12 to 1 on the morning line and uh james bond's horses excel at saratoga usually all right. Well, uh, let's take you out to Del Mar. It's, uh, it's not your home court, but you're still a uh, worldwide handicapper. Uh, the sad news here, of course, uh, Dance with Fate, who may have well been the favorite. Uh, we told our audience earlier that uh, he has been uh, put down after a very bizarre uh, incident this, this morning uh, out at Del Mar. Uh, does uh, Frack Daddy uh, in- inherit favoritism here? I think Frack Daddy will be the favorite at post-time based on the, uh, his great body of work over a synthetic surface. Uh, that being said, I- I'm very intrigued by Fed Biz, Bob Baffert's horse. Now, I know the layoff is concerning, but if you look back to 2012, I know it's a long time ago, he came off a similar layoff to win the El Cajon Stakes at Del Mar. He loves Polytrack. I think this is a good distance for him, and he was against the bias in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. He's a very interesting horse. It's going to have to break from a tough outside post position, but he loves Del Mar. He loves Del Mar, and he loves the synthetic. 
three lifetime starts, two of those wins, it's bankroll over $200,000 on that. And as you said, he's, he's undefeated at uh, Del Mar. I got a feeling uh, both of those horses will be, uh, will be running at, uh, at summer hit, which might soften up Frack Daddy for Fed Biz. And I think that's really the key. Is Frack Daddy going to be able to sit? I'm pretty sure Joe Talon is going to break uh, alertly, um, put his horse right into the race, and if Summer Hill decides to go, he's going to take back and track off of him. I don't think Joe's going to rush it. The turn back works for both of those horses. All right. Well, listen, we've been talking with, uh, with uh, Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum. And, hey, if you want to have uh, some fun over the weekend, uh, Go online uh, one more time briefly. How do the people get to the Breeders' Cup DRF Fantasy Handicapping Challenge? Head on over to www.fantasycapping.com slash Ilman. The password for our league is DRF123, all caps DRF123. <laughs> all right. Hey, Dan, thanks a million for being on with us again. You're, you're always a breath of fresh air. Hey, John, it's always a pleasure. Good luck this weekend. All right, thanks a lot. Hey, and good luck to everybody at the tracks that's going to be supporting the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. Uh, it's a cross-country effort, and you know that it's a fantastic one. So for Nancy LaSala and Dan Illman, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.